Oh, welcome to the Wrestle Down, where uh, every week I, Jer Palapal, and Mars uh, talk about wrestling. We don't know each other particularly well, but we're getting to know each other well, and uh, yeah, it's, it's going. It, we're, we're we're very simpatico in our tastes. It's lovely. Yep. How you doing? I, I, I'm doing great, man. How's your week? Pretty good. Still have a lingering bit of sickness from last week, but overall, it was a pretty chill week. You know, we're ramping up to the Thanksgiving, so mm. my my shit's all you know. Uh, kind of winding down a little bit. Yep. I, I feel like the ramp up to Thanksgiving this year for me is going to be more of like a, like a speed bump. Yeah. Because normally, normally I have two Thanksgivings to cook for. Like I have a Friendsgiving and then, uh, you know, a family Thanksgiving. Right. And neither one of those are happening. And then I have to like sneak off to go to sleep because I have to be up. Usually I, I do this time, but not as, you know, not the same day as Thanksgiving. Technically, I usually have to get up for Black Friday. Oh yeah, to op- to open the store. So right. this year, my store is opening at six a.m. and that's like a, I don't know, that's six hours later than I normally have to be there. So yeah, not bad. Yeah, is that, I'm, is it all, I'm, all hands on deck over there. Um, uh, not as much. It usually is. Uh, mm. I'm not sure. Nobody knows what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and I'm not. Uh, because of the fact I was sick and there's still other people in place doing what I do. Yeah. I'm mostly just like an extra set of hands right now. So I'm, I'm you know, things are set up uh, very, very well, but different how I would do it. If that makes sense. Okay. You know? Yeah. So like, you know, like I, I just have a little bit of that sort of discomfort cause it's, it's like, you know, different. So, but uh, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm happy to be back even at a small amount. I'm uh I have edgy terror right now because um, I realized that um, to for me to continue unemployment, I would have had to have worked 20 consecutive weeks yeah. uh, in 2019, in 2020 rather. Oh, yeah. um, I worked uh, 18. Oh God! So <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if they, they'll do something because I'm back to work a little bit now, or they'll do less. But like, I am a bit nervous that. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of winter, like, and, you know, I, I, I it didn't even matter. I, I was like, either I'd get, I'd be able to get unemployment and, or, and, or I'd be back at work. Mm. And now it doesn't look like either of those things are going to go down. So like yeah. I, I've spent a lot of time uh, and that's why I watched the first thing I watched actually this week. Yeah. And that's because I didn't want to like, uh, I, I'm super excited for stardom, but I would have had to like, copy down the card and like you know right. learn who all these people are so i'm like oh, i found just a random gcw show and i noticed that it was from uh the showboat in new jersey which uh, okay. uh which i saw a show there last january which was awesome uh, it was a june kasai uh came to america show um and uh i can't remember who he had a match with but it was it was crazy good um and then nick gage and slack had a very good match too nice. as death matches go. Not not my favorite thing, yes. uh, especially American ones. But um, you know, this was. It's hard, even though I don't like. It's funny. Last time, one of my friends said something bad about uh, Nick Gage on a podcast. Uh, yeah. One of my other friends did a cameo, and Nick Cage like called him up, video him up, and started yelling at him. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I have to be careful. But uh, uh, he, uh, you know, if, if you're in that building. And yeah. that 
from whom the bell toll starts and you don't get caught up in that infectious thing, like I'll be very surprised. Like I remember Definitely. hating the Sandman in ECW mm-hmm. and then like watching like TV one week when they were like filmed in, you know, in Webster and like Sandman's bleeding on a chair and I'm like, I'm like hugging his leg, like, whoa, <laughs> so, yeah. you know, like it's, it's yeah. the same sort of thing. It's like infectious live, but, um, definitely. I recommend you track down this show, my friend. I, th- uh, I think you'll like it. GC, it's, what was the DC? So yeah. it's GCW more fun. It went oh. down in Las, uh, in Las Vegas, in, um, Atlantic city, on i believe june 8th it's their first full show they have one other show at the end of the uh i mean uh november 8th rather um they have one other show at the end of the month uh called slime time that's gonna okay. happen and, and i and i like gcw but like it's not uh up until recently they haven't had a really accessible delivery format unless i you know uh, and not that it's expensive but it's just like i would never think to like look for it on fight tv you know right. so if i'm not already paying attention but um this was a killer show. Uh, I got to see, let me pull up my, my notes real quick here. I got to see a wrestler I hadn't seen yet. That, I got to see a few wrestlers I hadn't seen yet that are sort of the new indie darlings. All right. Um, that's sad. Yeah. Nick Cage. Yeah, I feel like this year I has saw, like, thrown me off of who's big on the indies now because like... Yeah, it's crazy, right? Yeah. Um, in fact, I would say only about half of the people that I saw on the Game Changer show... Um, last year work for them now like a you know yeah. about almost about two years later um i got to see juicy fanua uh who's like uh the last seemingly on the indies of that big athletic hoss style wrestler he's a big like samoan guy and yeah he does flips and stuff he's not as graceful as like a keith lee mm. uh and he doesn't hit as hard as a walter but i, I could see that he's a, a a pretty good methadone for you know, missing all right. those guys on the indie circuit. I know it's um, it's weird to see, like, because like, um, I think I have the right show up, uh, the cage match like card. I should probably put the yep. card up and not the results. Uh, but yeah, he doesn't have a cage match uh, page, which is pretty crazy. Which is crazy. Like, a wrestler who gets yeah. doesn't like have you know stats or whatever. And and I had heard about him ahead of time, which is even, you know, more you know, more wacky that like he hasn't got there. But I, what I will say is I think cage match might be, I don't want to say dying, uh, yeah. but like uh, if you look uh, and they recently changed it a few days after, but when I went to get the card for the best of the super juniors um, world tag lead for that first show, mm-hmm. it was still just the announced best of the super juniors. Interesting. Matches. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm I'm wondering if they're they're for whatever reason like slowing down. Yeah. The first match it, on this card. Oh, sorry. I, no. I think it's like uh, fan updated. You know, like people just come in and enter like Wikipedia. So it might just be that. I think they're also a German site or something like that. Yeah. Uh, so maybe there's a time zone difference or you know an accessibility issue there. But I don't know. Yeah. For sure. I I adore cage match so much that. I'm often made fun of in situations in work for writing my dates uh, <laughs> European and not and not uh, American style. That's funny. Because um, it took me so long to figure out why. Like, like why are they talking about uh, a show that happened the first of November in January? Oh, now I get <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I fell in love with every wrestler in this scramble match, or the, as they call it in uh, GCWA. Uh, 
scramble fuck match. Um, <laughs> Arrow Boy, who I hadn't seen before, um, who's a pretty typical high flyer, but he also, I guess, uh, is a Mexican deathmatch wrestler. Okay. So uh, that gives him a cool little, like, something different. Um, Ace Austin, who I adored. A, he wore a mask to the ring, like a, like a COVID-style mask, not a lucha mask. Yeah. Uh, B, he's got that really smooth, uh, young uh, Frankie Kazarian, Jerry Lynn, uh, a little bit, like, because he, cause he's shorter and uh, takes more steps, a little bit Austin Aries. Like, I really enjoyed his work quite a bit. Sweet. Um, uh, another uh, uh, wrestler that I had heard of but not seen is uh, Thunder Rosa's old partner, uh, Holly Dead. Oh, I've seen her a bunch. Like, yeah. yeah, I liked her quite a She's bit. She's good, yeah. She, she, yeah, she, um, uh, a lot of times on indie, you know, mixed matches, there might be, I mean, as many great women wrestlers as there are, a lot of them are great naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like the ones that have gotten awesome are a lot of the ones in, uh, from Mexico. Cause there are more multi, there are more mixed matches. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, right. They're, uh, this, they're fighting against everybody. So right. like this generation of, right. Sorry. So it's like, there's less of like a, it's less like a, of like a ceiling sort of where like, it's just like right. someone who's got one year of experience facing off against someone who gets two, like, because mm-hmm. just men just have more opportunities you can kind of spread that around right. with intergender wrestling, which is why I like it for one reason. Right. I agree. And what I think is going to happen with this next generation of, and it sort of happened if you look at, you know, we have a generation of wrestlers who we, you know, are very passionate about, especially me who came up through ring of honor. Um, but the Brian Danielsons and like CM punks and Samoa Joe's, and AJ Styles, who actually did better for staying in a smaller federation and being able to work in other places and then his stint in New Japan, those guys didn't have the Chris Benoit's and Eddie Guerrero's and people like that to fight in the same way that the Eddie Guerrero's and Chris Benoit's had the, uh, the Jushin Lai guys and the great Sasuke's and the guys right. who, were, who were just better than them. As far as this women's revolution goes, outside of the Joshi people who, you know, you still see Asia Kong and, you know, some of those people still on cards. Uh, I mean, I was seeing seven years ago, I was still seeing Miami Toda on, on American shows, you know, right, like, yeah. uh, so there, the Joshi scene has a generational thing happening where the generational thing happening in American wrestling is, probably Bailey and Charlotte and, and, and those people who were like shimmer wrestlers, you know, and whatever mm-hmm. before. Um, and it's, and I love all of them, but it's just not as deep of a, you know, you're almost learning from people who are your contemporaries. Right. So I was really impressed in the same way I was with what I've seen of Thunder Rosa with Holly dead, because I felt like she, her offense and the way she looked didn't have anything to do with anyone else planting well for her or anything else. She just looked good. Her character work was good. I adored her. And speaking of character work, have you seen Levi ever? I have not. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he, Levi Everett is an Amish wrestler. <laughs> um, <right>. Supposedly. <laughs> and he comes to the ring dressed in that attire and uh, in the middle of the ring, kneels down like he has a like his taunt and <laughs> with a small butter churn churns butter 
I love that. Um, yeah, I did too. He's not that, he, he doesn't seem like, you know, that great. He, he threw um, a bunch of Amish hammers um, <laughs> and a couple of headbutts, but he bumped good. And he, 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 I think he was like a comedy guy in the middle of like a, a bunch of like hard striking guys. Uh, in the last guy, and this is somebody who I saw last scramble and he was great then. And his name is AJ Gray. Um, I've seen AJ. Yeah. He, yeah. He, I, he's a Husky guy, uh, but he moves like a, a uh, you know, in the way that a two cold Scorpio or Colt Cabana does where mm-hmm. you kind of like, uh, I, I mean, obviously we live in a generation of monsters that are doing like moon flips and moon shots and shooting stars, you know, but like, right. Two cold Scorpio, when you started seeing him next to other juniors like Jerry Lynn and, and uh, Sean Waltman, you realized that first best of the super juniors he was in, how much bigger than everybody he actually was. <laughs> right. Uh, though AJ Gray, you know, is never going to get picked up by anybody who's like a body guy. I think that his work and his size, you know, is uh, like, I don't know. I think he's great. I think everything he did looked good. Um, like, uh, I, I thought that he, you know, I guess this match was thrown together. For four or five minutes before the show started for some <laughs> I mean, reason. Um, that's, that's COVID, man. <laughs> right. That's, uh, that's our and, way uh, of live. I, and, and, and there was Joe Keys, who was good too, uh, and he came out to I Made Him Wasted Years, which was one of my favorite songs, so I had hoped to uh, um, dig him a little more, but I think he ended up on the show because uh, he rode there with uh, Leo Rush. Uh. So. But, I mean, he was fine. He reminded me a lot of um, – this is a way back. And, uh, he, he reminded me of two people. Um, okay. One of those names escaping me right now. I'll think of it eventually. But he was an ECW wrestler. Um, but the other one is an old stampede stalwart uh, who's uh, named Biff Wellington. Um, and just kind of like uh, – he's the right size, but he's a little, like, not stiff, like, snug, like, just kind of – doesn't move like other guys that size and sort of looks more like a heavyweight guy. But I mean, I mean, he was fine as the, I, I'll say that Joe keys being the worst guy in this match could have been the best guy in a match with lesser people. So, you know, I yeah. thought that, that he took advantage of it, but like for that match alone, which I gave four stars, which is a, is, you know, wow. almost a ceiling for, you know, a scramble. The, the, yeah. It yeah. will also being the hipsterish of, of wrestling. Hipster, right. Like, um, you know, a very, you know, very high for a not Japanese or, uh, you know, pre NXT UK, you know, anything not in a North American match. Okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <to> be, um, <laughs> have you seen Atticus Kruger? Have I? Let's, let me look at a picture of this guy because he's I, IEW guy, I guess he's an Ohio guy. Um, I don't think so. He no, I think is, I'm not. I think I'm not up on the current indies just because like AEW snatched up everybody and flew them to Florida. Right. So I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, this year he I haven't made, been watching any indies. Obviously, mm-hmm. I was glad I watched this because I, I almost every match had at least one person I hadn't seen in it, and yeah, I was really happy. Really cool. um, Kruger is awesome. Um, he's got a bit of a CM Punk look, kind of like a gothy look. He's part of a faction there of Ohio wrestlers who are. Um, obnoxious pricks and i was endeared to him with uh he fought this guy called cole riddick who i i i know i've seen before but i i wouldn't have recognized him if i hadn't like seen his name um he you know for whatever reason he looks different who's like a very good technical wrestler 
Um, he's sort of like a uh, almost having him and um, Tony Deppin on the card. I are, just are looked up a picture of him, and yeah, he does like kind of look like Tony, similar kind of yeah. gimmick. And that he does that kind of Alex Shelley technical wrestling. You know, he's a smaller guy. Yeah. Um, Atticus and him did a, a, a very exciting crisscross that was the first time this night I was like, why doesn't the best of Super Juniors look like this? <laughs> um, and they're going back and forth and doing all this, like a few, a few, ex- like a few blocked exchanges and ducks exchanges I've never seen before. Um, Riddick goes for a leapfrog. Atticus stays there and sticks his fingers in his eyes. Um, <laughs> nice. And I was like, this is my, this is my new favorite wrestler. Um, and he does a lot of great heel work in, in that whole faction, uh, for whatever reason, are calling out the perennial death match wrestlers. And, and his, his target is Masada. Um, so he pulled out skewers at one point in the middle of this match. And it just turned into like a hardcore match for no reason, which usually bugs me. But yeah. it seemed like these guys like, like escalated fight-wise. It started like a hockey match, uh, hockey fight for whatever reason. And it just escalated from there. So I felt like the, you know, in this sort of environment where, you know, there's not disqualifications, the fact that it turned into like a gimmicky match, like, um, didn't make my, you know, red blazer and tennis racket appear. I, I, I really, <laughs> yeah. really, I really enjoyed it. Um, nice. but I really am excited to see this Atticus dude. Cause I, I can't, I know there was a couple other times that he, Oh, uh, he did something his comeback at one point after taking all these like aerial moves, he took like a, a big aerial move. And as, uh, uh, the, uh, Reddick was picking him up, he like, you know, pushed his hands aside and I thought he was going to go for the like elbows or forearms like normal, right. but he just grabbed his head and bit him on the face. Oh, wow. So yeah. I, I loved him. It reminded me of a way, uh, I've always said my ideal wrestler, if I was like, if I, if I had stuck with it or was any good at it, uh, different gimmick obviously would have been homicide because I liked okay. how homicide back in the day would pull out a fork one minute and then be doing a beautiful tope the next minute and then keeping up with Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson. Uh, right. man, I can't believe that, that I, I switched that line. I was the jerk who was calling him uh, <laughs> Brian Danielson all along, but um, the yeah, Empire you know, like, wins I, eventually. I how, yeah. I just liked how versatile he is. And, and that's the same way I felt about, uh, this Atticus Cougar. Um, I guess he's a very, like a, in Ohio standout in that, you know, very, uh, of all places, Ohio has become like a, an, an indie hotbed over the past Yeah, a little years. bit. Maybe it's just because, I mean, they have one of the more notable, you know, uh, like indie companies out there. So maybe that's why people mm-hmm. just flying in and out there, uh, mixing up with yep. each other, you know. Uh, right. And I mean, you can probably get two dates, like, um, yeah. if you, if you know, if you go out for one, if, if they plan it right. And it's not like it was in Philadelphia during like ECW, CZW and uh, you know, all these other things where you couldn't work somewhere. If you were going to work somewhere else now, everybody's pretty, uh, pretty teamwork. Uh, Leo Rush is back on the Indies and this is the first time I saw him and he had, okay. Have you seen Blake Christians? Yes. Yeah. Holy crap what a revelation for me. He came out and I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be a boring indie flippy guy. Like, <laughs> holy crap. That match was, uh, it, it, it's, it, it's not going to be, it might not be top five this year mm-hmm. because we've had that the last couple weeks of the G one had like some a, a double plus matches, but, um, it will be in my top 10. Uh, wow. Uh, 
uh, it, 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 and just, they just had great chemistry and they had never wrestled before. And I had assumed they had wrestled um, all the time. Uh, like that's how it looked. It looked like um, uh, it reminded me of a Jerry Lynn, Sean Waltman match back in the day or a live wow. out Hanamoto match where that's they high just, praise. right. They didn't have to do anything, you know, anything they did, the other one knew, knew about it. You know what I mean? Like it, it was, it was, it was un, unreasonably good. There wasn't really any, the only botch was that uh, Christian almost fell off the ropes doing his taunt at the beginning uh, when he first <laughs> came to the ring. Um, Rush is just great and will thrive yeah. in this environment because he doesn't, he looks like a normal sized man and not a, a small child. Right. Yeah. Um, and I liked him and I liked him as a heel manager in the E and I liked him yeah. uh, everywhere he'd been. I loved his PWG matches cause he was there in the middle of, um, you know, that big Hoss time with, you know, where, um, Matt Riddle was one of the smaller wrestlers running around. Yeah, uh, yeah he was one so. of the, he was killer in a PWG from the little I've seen of him there. Um, yeah, and I'm happy to see that he's he on was. the. I'm I'm happy to see he's on the Indies too because I think yep. right after he got released, I think he had a tweet that like he may never wrestle again or something like that. Um, yeah, I saw that, and yeah. they mentioned that. Um, no, this brings me very quickly as an aside to the one thing I do not love about. Um, about GCW. Yeah. Their strangle mania commentary is already bordering on the, um, the not fun for me. It reminds me of my like young backyard wrestling people commentary where people are just dropping the F bomb as many times as they can. Yeah. <laughs> I've definitely felt that way about a lot of indie wrestling, uh, commentary. Sure. Yeah. But then they'll just all of a sudden start talking about wrestling outside kayfabe. <laughs> you know they, yeah. they they mentioned that these guys had never wrestled before and it's like it looks like they've made the house show loop you know a bunch <laughs> yeah. of times and been doing this match over and over again and i'm like what what do you what do you mean like yeah you can't do that like wrestling is the only art form in the world where uh, any on any level like uh, I, I mean indiana jones didn't stop and say this rocks just foam guys. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like it yeah. just, I just don't get it. Like, uh, it, and Tony Deppen did it a little bit later, but, um, apparently Blake Christian is going to be in the best of the super juniors this year. Or not really? the, uh, super J cup. Okay. Uh, yeah. That makes sense. I was going to, I was like, yeah. I've been watching the best super juniors. But I, yeah. I wish, uh, after like, uh, I, we'll get to it a little bit later, but I'm, I'm still like a weekend and watching it a little bit every day, still struggling to get through that first show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, uh, it was great. And I guess they're letting him represent C, C, uh, GC. I mean, I, I guess that's a natural mistake, but, uh, I guess they're letting him represent game changer in the awesome. uh, super J cup, which is awesome. And I, and I, I don't have a nice good things to say about him. Another revelation that yeah. happened while I was gone, uh, being a fan of Hoss wrestlers at some point since I had seen last Kyle, the beast and, uh, the steel demon, um, uh, the iron demon, Shane Mercer have become a tag team. Yeah. I've um, seen Mercer. I've never seen Kyle. Kyle is the lesser of those two, but Mercer yeah. is like a Mike Austin level freak of nature like right. some of the stuff that he does uh you know like he's a little leaner than brian cage so maybe it's not as crazy looking but like i saw him fight um 
I can't remember the guys. I've seen him, Eli something fly. And, uh, and, he, and he, you know, he threw him, he pressed him over the barrier into the locker room <laughs> at one point <laughs> during that match. Like, um, and then when he got back in the ring, did a awesome, like, uh, corkscrew moonsault thing. So I was, uh, you know, I was a fan. But this team is, um, imagine, and they said it on commentaries. So this isn't my, my hot take. But yeah. imagine a team that combined the Road Warriors and the Steiner brothers. Dream team. Yeah. Yeah. A, a, a lot of not selling. A lot of uh, people having to, like, the other team having to double up on one guy to have his, like, a lot of cl- lot of caught planches, <laughs> a yeah. lot of uh, <laughs> very reckless looking suplexes. Like it was definitely like a, a thing. They fought a team named the Ugly Ducklings, which I suspect are like uh, the worker versions of the bookwa- Bushwhackers. <laughs> um, they they come out with a big chubby guy named Coach Mikey, and he's doing like quack quack quack. And I don't right. know what they normally do coming to the ring because they were selling that they didn't want to fight. Iron Beast and uh, the smaller one of the team can't weigh a buck twenty. He looks like imagine Bryce Rensburg skeleton with a hairy back, and that's what this guy <laughs> looks like. Wow, uh, he's, su- he's super small, and um, they do have a move called uh, Launch Pad McQuack, which I was uh, really happy about. Um, <laughs> It's a very indie tag team <laughs> gimmick yeah. and like name to have, but I like it. Yeah, and, and they are ugly. Uh, they 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 come as advertised. Um, <laughs> they reminded me a lot of. Um, and as soon as we look at each other, my memory, <laughs> my my like wrestling memory goes away. But there was a team in PWG forever. Um, man, I'm friends with both of them on social media too. Uh, and it was just one guy was smaller and one guy was bigger. Mm. And it reminded me of that sort of team. They're both really athletic, but a lot of moves predicated on the bigger guy, you know, kind of launching the smaller guy yeah. into the air. And, and they both look great. They both played their roles. I, I think that I would have liked this match a little more if it was just as long. And in the story was more that these guys – we're kicking out of stuff as opposed to getting a lot of offense. Like, cause I just felt like anything that little guy did uh, like these guys, I will say Mercer and Kyle, the beast were really good about um, not selling sometime, which I think is kind of some yeah. people might think is like an indie no, no, but like it just, it just, I don't know. Like he, I, I'm not Jim Cornette and don't think there should be um multi gender matches i'm not jim Cornette, and don't think that every wrestler should be six foot seven right but as an action movie fan when the big giant guy comes out of the corner and he's fighting jason statham in incredibles uh expendables three the other day Mm. um jason statham had to think of a way to overcompensate that right you know what i mean like he didn't act like they were equal in size or whatever else when it was convenient so that's always a mistake of mine, but I think that that sort of, I mean, mindset is going the way of the, the Dodo or, or me or Jim Cornette or any of those old guys. Oh yeah, definitely. Chris I think, Dickerson. I think uh, most wrestlers are like getting smaller as time goes on. So like, for sure. And more athletic. So it makes sense that mm-hmm. if you got a, if you've got someone who's like a beast, who's just a huge guy, uh, it makes sense for them to just no sell sometimes, you know, yeah, especially against a smaller opponent. 
I agree. Especially if you're playing like an adrenaline hyped up guy, right? Like yeah. they come to the ring and they just look so like they're going to kill you. Like I wouldn't want to, I've always said like the two, the, the three people I never, three entities I never would have wanted to wrestle would have been uh, low key Abdul the butcher or the Warriors in 1987. Cause there's no way you're missing your next three bookings after that. Uh, from, <laughs> yeah. From whatever happened to you. Right. So, you know, I love these guys. And there was a new team formed of two guys I had never seen before. And I got even more confused because uh, one of the guys was calling him uh, Josh Briggs over and over again. His name is Josh Bishop. And one of the commentators kept calling – Kevin Gill kept calling him Josh Briggs. I'm like, that's not Josh Briggs. Like, yeah. Like, I'm like – and he's, he was kind of shaped like him. So I'm like, is it Josh Briggs? Did he, like, cut his hair and dye it blonde? <laughs> but, yeah. Um, uh, and – something Dallas was the other guy's name. And there's the, you know, they came in and interfered in theirs. And they also beat up everybody at the end of the, um, at the end of the uh, scramble match too. So uh, we're heading towards some sort of a big hoss fight. And I'm excited about that. The the way that this ugly duckling match ended is uh, they had set up doors in either corner, the ugly ducklings had. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, KTB um, did a, a Powell did a power bomb onto one of the doors and Mercer did a power slam and it looked like those two guys were dead forever. Oh man. So um it was very cool. I really liked it. Um I love Chris Dickerson. Um, Me too. Yeah, he's he's like a very solid like he's not quite a hoss, but he's a he's a muscle dude and he's like Sure in the Indies he is, yeah. Yeah. He's definitely like a dude who's like he's solid he's just solidly a wrestler, you know, mm-hmm. like he's not like a guy yeah. who's got a ton of gimmick, gimmickry or whatever. He's got enough character to keep him interesting, and he's great in the ring with everyone I've seen him with. Um, so yeah, he's an easy guy to root for. I agree, and and I like that he he though his wrestling style is you know kind of basic indie stuff most of the time. He can hang in those fake MMA fights and he can, mm-hmm. and he's done death matches. And, uh, I, I really like him a lot. He fought another one of these, uh, um, Ohio guys, a dude named Eric Ryan, um, whom, uh, I, I guess I didn't remember him, but my friend was telling me he got a really bad cut during a four way death match during the show that I saw. Mm-hmm. Um, and for whatever reason, this match, uh, Dickerson mostly just ate him up. Um, so, I'm not sure where they're going or why that was because uh, he's a dominant uh, guy. Uh, He's part of a dominant faction. Um, In fact, the leader of his faction, um, who's a dude named Ricky Shane Page, is the champion of Game Changer Wrestling right now. Uh, Um, I've seen Ricky. Yeah. yeah. um, My next revelation, I was a little disappointed in the match because I I Mm. like Tony Deppin a lot, but I mean, it was still a really good match was Tony Zeppin Deppin versus Alex Zane. All right. And where has Alex Zane been all my life? He <laughs> is super athletic. Um, he's in great shape. He has a great look. I guess this was his last match in, in game changer. And I guess he's uh, on his way or, or maybe has been uh, on NXT, but um, he's awesome. He was great. Uh, I guess they've had great matches, but it was just one of those things where, um, you know, Zane's trying to do triple flips and uh, Deppin's trying to do um, 
you know, SDFs and arm bars and the match yeah. would kind of stop a little bit when it just wasn't a super smooth transition. Now it was as good or better than anything I've seen in best of super junior so far, but okay. you know, yeah. For Tony Deppen, uh, it wasn't a, a great match, but it was a very good match. And I've only right. seen Deppen other than his Chikara stuff have, um, have great matches. He did get busted open at the end because mm. one of Zane's finishers, which he won't be doing in the WWE, is called the Crunchy Roll, I guess, where somebody <laughs> That's is... That. Okay. That's a good yeah, name. <laughs> somebody is like bent over like they got hit in the stomach like in mm. front of you. Right. And he, he did it twice and he does a 450 double knees to the back of the head. Oh, wow. Yeah. 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 Well... <laughs> in, in, and he busted Deppin open so bad that as Deppin got up, he got a busted on the back of his head. There was blood running all down oh, the man. side of either side before he got up again. You know, and Jesus. it wasn't like, yeah. uh, it was an indie cell definitely because, you know, he had to get up for Zane to get back on the ropes again and, and do it. So, um, you, you know, Alex Zane's name is not going to be Zane when he gets there. So, uh, you know, probably not. Yeah. Yeah. See what he turns up as if he hasn't already. I haven't been watching NXT, so I didn't recognize him. It's not impossible that they've genericed him up. I mean, I was really excited for Atlas to start showing up on NXT, and he isn't right. the same guy. No, not um, at all. Right. If I had been keeping up on Game Changer Wrestling, I probably would have loved this last match. Um, yeah. It was very Southern booked. It's got, uh, this is my first look despite hearing about him from both sides of the uh, pro wrestling aisle um, uh, of Mance Warner. Um, okay. And he, he fought Ricky Shane Page um, and they did a dusty finish in the middle of the match where uh, Shane Warner had his foot on the ropes mm. and uh, Shane Page and they counted three and everybody thought that you know, and it was it was brilliant booking because the easy fun story is Mance Warner wins the Nick Gage Invitational on Saturday and then wins the Game Changer Wrestling title on on Sunday. You know, right. like so uh, everyone went crazy when you know for the small crowd that was there when that happened and they took it away. It would have been much better. Um, it's probably easier to do this with like half capacity shows, like, you know, to be mm -hmm. brave enough to do this, but it would have been a, a, a ruckus. Uh, I don't even know if they could have restarted the match. If, um, if they went through, you know, if this was a, you know, the 1500 people or whatever I saw it with, or maybe a thousand or 800 or whatever, but this was yeah. probably about 100 people or so. Nice. Um, it's not a big venue. Um, no, of course, but GCW never is rarely yeah. is really. It's bigger than either of the pro wrestling gorilla venues, but not as big as, you know, any of the places that I saw Ring of Honor um, later on. Um, yeah, totally. So, yeah, that was that show. And I, I um, now I'm going to be honest, I was going to kind of skirt this, but someone just uploaded this on YouTube. Um, and I was just like, oh, I'll watch this. Like, so I stole this show. But okay. because of the strength of this show, um, I'm going to subscribe to indie wrestling TV, like nice. just for G just for game changer wrestling, because I liked it and I've seen a few shows. Um, but this show showed me that they can have a compelling and compelling show 
without a lot of barbed wire and stuff. Right. Yeah, that's the thing about uh, GCW from what I've seen, though. I think they, like, they allow their shows to mold to, you know, different themes or different styles pretty readily. Like, the, yeah. I went to the GCW show they did with, uh, that was, like, Orange Cassidy does something, whatever. Uh, that was the title. Right, right, right. Um, have you ever seen that one? It might not be. No, a it's very comedy heavy. Uh, it's very mm-hmm. weird. There's, like, um, what's it? Uh, the best friends had a match against each other. That was like a one minute time limit. <laughs> and it ended up with a draw, obviously. Nice. And then they right. like, the crowd got into his chance, like one more second, one more mm-hmm. second. And nice. then that, like in that like one second, um, uh, what's the name? Uh, whoa, God, I forget. My memory's also going. It's, it's infectious. Yeah. Well, who are the best friends? Uh, uh Trent Beretta and, and Chuck Taylor. Chuck Taylor, there we go. I can't. I was like, see, see, something. Uh, Chuck mm-hmm. Taylor, like, won with a roll-up or something like that. So it was, like, nice. that kind of shit. There's, like, a, a lumberjack match with, like, five or six people dressed as swamp monsters. It was, like... Nice. Yeah. Um, some, like, just some really out, out there, like, weird shit. A match where uh, two... Comp- it was, like, an Iron Man match where two competitors had to drink... Uh, Every time someone had a fall, they drink a beer, and then they all acted drunk and shit. Nice. It was a really weird show, but like you can see that in GCW or like a normal wrestling show, like you saw with uh, the So Much Fun show, or like a like you said barbed wire deathmatch kind of thing. And I don't know, I I'm not sure if that's a strength or a weakness like for them to not have like a set identity, but they are a really good showcase for like all these different indie styles, and you know everyone can shine mm-hmm. depending on what card they're on. Right. I don't like it as much as my original take on it was I didn't like it as much as pro wrestling gorilla, but I liked it more than evolve. Mm. Um, now I think seeing three very different shows, I've seen a spring break. Well, I've seen a spring break. I've seen, uh, uh, the first blood sport. Mm. Um, I saw when June Gasai, uh, was in America and most of the show was death matches. It was right before they like made that show. They made the announcement they were going to Japan. Um, and I was there live, and it was really, really uh, cool. Uh, my favorite part of that live show was that uh, Teddy Hart's cat ran away and hid under my chair. <laughs> I felt like a celebrity, but um, it, sure it was that um, a terrible person. <laughs> I tried to, and I tried to. I thought about it, but uh, yeah, it, it, it was Orange Cassidy's fault because uh, uh, it was on his shoulder, and Orange Cassidy like walked up. And for whatever reason, maybe the sunglasses or whatever, but like he, yeah. he jumped away. That was a crazy scramble too. I had Teddy Hart and Orange Cassidy, um, oh, uh, Jungle Boy, um, AJ Gray was the only person I didn't know in the match, and he had he had impressed me and it impressed me again. Uh, so that was a uh, game changer wrestling, more fun, and they made me a bigger fan. I, I was um, excited to find out about in- uh, independent wrestling TV because I'll I'll be able to see. Uh, they had a lot of ads for a lot of other shows that were really intriguing for me too. But um, if I only spend $10 a month to watch a game changer wrestling show, uh, even if it's a couple weeks behind, totally worth it for me. I, I'm, I'm sold. Um, yeah. Especially it probably helps that I'm almost caught up on pro wrestling gorilla, like uh, right. for maybe forever. Like <laughs> who knows what's going to happen, but um, I know oh, that's, yeah, that's true. They're a small company. They're a small company. And a lot of the sh- bigger i mean the two main people are excalibur and super dragon but um last i knew joey ryan still owned a little of it and and obviously that's not 
that's not a lifeline. And, and Excalibur may be, who knows how much time Excalibur has in the grand scheme of things. I, I know he has a job, but I don't know what his job is behind the scenes. Yeah, And true. the Bucks own a whole nother company now. So I don't know yeah. what they, what they did. Uh, in fact, the only time I heard them admit that they owned part of that was when, um, uh, Cole could, uh, CM Punk said he wanted like just a random start and shit tweet after he left the WWE <laughs> was that he, CM Punk and Colt Cabana should fight the Young Bucks. Yeah. And the Young Bucks were like, we own a wrestling fit. Like, <laughs> yeah. We can do this. We can yeah, make so, so much money together. <laughs> right. What's funny is if they did it in that fed, which I feel like Super Dragon would have wanted to, they would have left so much money on the table. But, um, yeah. you know, he, he, he never would have left as far as I've been told the uh, VFW hall if it didn't, if it didn't close. Right. Oh yeah, that sounds like so, the case. Just too bad, like kind of an iconic venue that they can't have anymore. You know, right? It's one of the few venues left that I haven't, that I will never get to be. To be there was a, a few, a few ones. The Omni isn't really the Omni anymore, so I don't, I don't care about that. I've been to, to, uh, I've never been to either iteration of Madison Square Garden, um, and but I have been to both rooms in the. Manhattan Center, the Hammerstein Ballroom, in the room downstairs. Um, I've spent a lot of time in the uh, ECW arena uh, when I was doing stuff with Chikar. And, um, you know, a lot of the classical ones closed, but that was one. And we tried to get um, tickets every year to uh, All-Star Weekend or Battle of Los Angeles, something that was, you know, worth me going across the country for. Um, that would be it, yeah. Nope. Yeah, oh, no, no. Like, you know, and this is, I had a, like, I had a guy who was like, um, he works outside of Long Beach. Um, one of my best friends uh, and mentors works for uh, um, Blizzard and uh, he, you know, he was in the right time zone and yeah. the right time and had the right bank account and uh, <laughs> he could never get us tickets. Oh, that's so, too bad. So I remember saying like, if you and your kid can go, don't worry about me. He's like, no, you don't understand. I refreshed and it was sold out. Yeah. I mean, that seems like how it would go for such a venue for like a massive show, like the you know, battle of Los Angeles or their other tournaments. Yeah. yeah. And I guess they sell tickets, uh, or I'm assuming they did. Um, I know Chikar did this as you're leaving and ring mm -hmm. of honor did too. So yeah, if you find out battle of Los Angeles tickets go, are going on sale while you're there it's probably worth buying them even if you can't end up going you know yeah. you'll be able to sell them so man I, I i am disappointed but i do like their new venue too and i will uh i hope they open again i, I hope if they close they at least do a wear fucking closing show and have a weekend of a whole you know one more all-star weekend or yeah. Pola or something and have like a bunch of people you know come back and you know whatever imagine like i mean he, he couldn't keep up the shit but imagine jericho and a battle Los Angeles or, oh, I know. Yeah. You know, Kenny Omega, mega again, or, you know, any of the, you know, if, if they're going to pay the money, yeah. you know, and can get people, I guess that the, the, you know, the sky's the limit for that yeah. one last show, but yeah. And I feel I, like I'll be sad if it ends. Yeah. I feel like aid. I'm um, sorry. I've, I feel like PWG is such like, um, there's such like an emotional connection for a lot of wrestlers. And it's like where a lot of wrestlers, like, you know, this is where they got discovered by WWE or AEW or whatever, or they made the connections 
with the mm-hmm. AEW folks to get signed. Like, like, I feel like if they did one more weekend, like, I bet they could get a lot of people who sure not that not NXT people, but people who are with like AEW or some of the bigger names from you know like a Kenny Omega or Jericho probably. Um, you never just, like, know. A Saturday who show. Who did they let come back? They did let. They let D uh, for All Star Weekend. I think 2019. They let DIY come back. Right. Yeah. So you never know. You know? That's true. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, I, you know, like they've got a lot of talent. Like the only thing that would be stopping it now is their obvious embedded relationship with AEW. But you know, without right. that in mind, then. Yeah. This guy's kind of know. kind of limit if they came back for just one show, but hopefully for more. Because yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a good breeding I mean, ground I, I, for I, next generation talent. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't know it, but like, you could count who the who you could pretty much count what next January's takeover was going to be by who was in Battle Los Angeles in in September. Usually, you know, yeah, like it's true. You know, there was the, like I don't know, like there was that one group where it was El Generico and Steen and all those people left essentially at the same time. Um, Drake Younger, who I guess is a nut, um, which disappoints me. Yeah, I know, right? Because um, I really liked his. I liked his. I didn't care about him in CZW, but I liked. It. I love. I fell in love with him in PWG. So right, but uh, he's he's not only a nut; he's the worst type of nut. Like he's the, you know, yeah. He's digging holes and hiding ammunition nuts. So, um. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? It's funny how many crazy wrestling really does. Like, I mean, I guess all the arts really pull together a lot of different kinds of crazy that wind up, you know, conspiracy theorists. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't like. I mean, even like AEW is an odd duck because some of those guys seem pretty conservative, mm-hmm. and then Kenny allegedly has some sort of ambiguous lifestyle and mm-hmm. you know like cody was a big denouncer of the last administration but for all intent and purposes seems to be yeah. fairly conservative so so you know i try not to pay attention to anything that's going on over there but uh, i know from being around a lot of you know and even like that you know having kevin gill and uh joey janella talking about people not you know they were making a lot of jokes about you know of the election coming and uh yeah. Joey Janela said twice if he didn't wear a mask, if somebody doesn't wear a mask on the street, he's going to slap him. And uh, Joey Janela made a joke about something. Uh, you know, it's like uh, it's like science as much yeah. as people want to <laughs> argue yeah. that they, they can't. So, oh, you know, it, it's like most arts, like there are liberal things. But what ends up happening is that if nine million artists of every kind are super liberal, yeah, uh, they're, they're, you know, all it takes is one ted nugent or kid rock to you know right. make a lot of noise yeah. you know so a, i do love janella had a funny video that he put on twitter a little while back where uh, you know drake Wirtz, the um nxt referee who's very deep into uh yeah. and stuff um mm-hmm. there was a video of joey just finding all these like anti-mask protesters and he's just walking past them filming them being like have you seen my friend drake my friend Drake Wartz, <laughs> is he here? <laughs> I need him to referee a match for me. <laughs> nice. It's yeah. too bad because he was in, um, he was around a lot, even if he wasn't wrestling yeah. in like Philadelphia, like Chicago shows. And I guess he was the bell of the locker room. I guess he was so oh, nice to everybody. And, that's too bad. And whatever else. But I mean, who knows? I mean, I, I don't, I mean, you, you just never know. I mean, I, yeah. 
for lack of a better way to put it, rode, rode around with, you know, quack and, you know, I, right. I, I, I'm still trying to unpack all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, definitely. Uh, so yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm sorry. What have you? What did you uh, check out so far? Oh, okay. So last I caught up on the last week's uh, Stardom shows, and it was kind of an interesting pair. Um, they had shows on November 14th and 15th. The 14th one was at uh, Carcoon Hall, which is mm-hmm. kind of like. I mean, it's funny to watch it because it's like the venue that New Japan does for like road shows, but it's like mm-hmm. the pay-per-view venue for Stardom essentially. Right. Um, like once a month, more or less, they do it. Um, very interesting because it was, this was like a comfort, uh, a comfortable show for them. Like they ran uh, a lot of tag matches. Uh, they had the debut of their latest uh, trainee, uh, Lady C. She fought uh, Saeeda. Mm-hmm. Uh, the selling point for Lady C is that she's tall as shit, and they had her okay. facing against the shortest person on the roster, which was just good, <laughs> good com- comparison there. Uh, since Short seven-minute match. There's not much you can tell from someone's first match, but promising mm-hmm. um, just looks-wise in terms of you know being uh, different from the rest of the roster in some way. Um, the major things that happened were in the last few tag matches. They had uh, a six-woman tag that was billed as uh, an interfactional uh, match. So they're the big face uh, stables called Stars. They had Mayu Iwatani, uh, Starlight Kid and Gokigen Death uh, fighting against uh, Tam Nakano, Mira, Mina Shirakawa, and uh, Z. They had like a, a surprise wrestler come in. It was uh, Unagi Sayaka, who was previously in TJPW. So that's okay. another wrestler they stole from there. And it looks like they formed a new faction at the end of the, um, the tag match, which was interesting uh, to introduce a new one. But I guess the roster is uh, expanding. Uh, overall, very good. I think Stardom does six-person tags better and more consistently than any company that I currently follow. So I was. I've heard that. Yeah, I've seen like it's always a fast pace. People are always coming in and breaking up pins at the last second. Uh, they're very good at filming it in such a way that you can't see like other companies. You might see somebody like coming in from the ropes, but it's always a tight right. shot on the shoulders, and then someone just dives in from off screen. It's as a, as a film minor, uh, great, great mise-en-scene. Uh, nice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I knew, if I knew you were a film minor, I never would have sent my unedited. Uh, <laughs> no, I don't, <laughs> I don't judge. And if you look at my letterboxd uh, account, I give too many things, five stars. Uh, <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> I love too much. Um, they had a, they actually had a title match for their six, uh, woman tag uh, uh, championship. It was um, Donna Del Mondo, the uh, current then current champions, Julia, uh, Micah, and Sayuri. Um, they're kind of, uh, if I were to compare them to a New Japan faction, I would say kind of like uh, Suzuki Gun in the sense that they're okay. most they're mostly stiff fighters who kind of came up from outside of the the company like training mm-hmm. they're all basically imported yeah. from other companies yeah. uh, versus Oedo mm-hmm. Tai who what they're, they're one of the most popular factions in stardom. Um, but they started as kind of, they were founded by Chris Wolf and like session moth Martina and that kind of wrestler. So they were more of this goofy okay. fun. We're cheating cause it's fun kind of group. And now mm-hmm. they are 
like more of a we're cheating because we just want to hurt people kind of fashion. It's been a weird evolution. Uh, cool. They, they won the tag match, the the trios titles, basically the artists of stardom titles, uh, in a very good tag match that I enjoyed a lot. Um, I would overall recommend the show to you. Uh, it's solid matches all around. And then the, I'm a tournament mark, so yeah. I'm going to try to get all this in. You did mention that you were going to watch. Yeah. yeah, you said you were going to watch the uh, the tag tournament, and I am. Uh, you're in for a fun ride. It's good times. I can't wait. know if you have any questions. <laughs> um, I, I, I will. I I uh, I will. I, I know that uh, I'm going to get some some heat from my uh, from my my five horsemen faction because uh, <laughs> I, it, it was never that I didn't want to watch Joshi. It's just yeah. that like. Uh, it, this just was so much wrestling <laughs> before yeah. the pandemic, you know, it's just hard yeah. to, you know, keep up on what I was keeping up on. Yeah. Oh no, I, I get it. I was a subscribed to independent wrestling TV uh, for a little while. And I just had to let it go. Cause I was like, just overwhelmed. Right. By just that menu of like, well, I want to watch beyond uh, mm-hmm. because they're local and yep. I can just jump in anytime and actually go see that or mm-hmm. GCW or, you know, it's just like, there's just so much on that site that I just, I was overwhelmed. I couldn't do it. Um, right. Yeah. And then the, you know what? I'm not going to tell you about the main event of this show because it might spoil the tournament that you were currently watching. So, <laughs> uh, but it was a tag title match of uh, kind of the, what that tournament is for. Uh, and it was an excellent match. Um, interestingly, it was a rematch from the tournament. And I would say that the tournament match they had was one of my least favorites. It just, for a roster that generally everybody has good chemistry, mm-hmm. uh, it was one that felt kind of off. Okay. So to see them bounce back and have an excellent main event uh, made me happy, in addition to just being a great match. Um, I may have posted a clip from it on our Instagram, but I don't... I think you did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. So that is like a, a standard stardom show. Everything kind of felt like it was... Uh, you know, firing at all cylinders. It was relatively short. Um, they had the normal pre-match promos and a couple promos afterwards to move some stories along a little bit. Uh, overall, very good show. Loved it. Uh, then they had this show called Stardom Sendai Cinderella. That okay, took, yes. Yeah, it took place at the Sendai Sun Plaza, which is a massive, uh, massive venue in comparison, especially for you know, COVID times. Um, mm-hmm. Their their events have been getting bigger as time goes on, um, despite the pandemic, which is incredible. Sure. Yeah. Um, but this is one that was like a pay-per-view event, so it was a little bit different. It was, I think, th- close to three hours long compared to the okay. two that they've normally been running. And it's just interesting because I think, well, I'll, I'll put it this way. They, all, all the singles titles went on, uh, were defended here. Uh, a couple title changes. Uh, Sayuri had a great match with B Priestley that I really enjoyed. And I'm not a huge B Priestley fan, but she has been winning me over um, this whole, uh, ever since she, everyone came back from the pandemic. Um, she, I, before then, I would say that she was very good in the ring, but not unique. You know, she's just a very good wrestler, which is fine mm-hmm. and kind of bland. But now she has a gimmick, and that's mostly that her, the only Japanese that she knows is how to say, or how to tell her opponents that they suck and also how to tell them that as much as her opponents might suck, uh, Momo Watanabe sucks the most. Uh, that <laughs> is, I don't think she beat Momo for the SWA 
women's title, which is kind of like their international title equivalent. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're not even feuding. It's just a thing she says <laughs> at the end of all of her matches. Um, and that's just enough personality to make me think, okay, I'll watch her matches and enjoy them. Uh, I know her name. I just can't place yeah. where I know her from. Uh, I mean, she's dating Will Ospreay. Um, oh, so she, right, 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 right. So Yeah, she so she was. Up, yeah, yeah. She showed up in New Japan a couple times. It, right. I'm kind of just. When she first showed up, I was like, "Oh God, I have to watch B. Priestley in two separate companies now." <laughs> uh, <laughs> but now I'm kind of disappointed that she hasn't come back more, just because Osprey's like done up the three piece suit thing, and mm-hmm. uh, he's got Jeff Cobb doing whatever, and um, Greta Khan do his thing. I'm like, I want to know what B. Priestley's deal is in the context of this faction if she's going to show up but uh, so far no luck on that um but yeah they the it was a long show with all the titles being defended but very good except i will say very interesting to note that i think um the top the last two matches were for uh their the wonder of stardom title which is kind of like their intercontinental title thing um between julia and konami julia being the head of one faction, kind of a brawler, uh, Konami, more of a technical wrestler or a submission based. Okay. And uh, it's interesting to watch. And the main event was for their world title. It was uh, Mayu Iwatani, who's held the title for almost a year, it's got to be, uh, versus Utami Hayashishita, who has been basically kind of, she's got to be in her second or third year now, but she kind of was a rookie with a rocket strapped to her back for a while there. Okay. So those two matches were both 20 minutes and that's kind of longish for even a start of main event. And it's interesting to see because I think they're good matches, but I feel like they could be better. And I think they're kind of trying to, I think they're trying to match the kind of rhythm of a new Japan show by having these longer main events. Like a, like a New Japan big show. Yes, yeah. So it's like these matches are a little bit longer. I'm not sure if they've quite found the rhythm. I mean, to be fair, 90% of New Japan's roster can't work, you know, a 20, 30-minute match that's compelling all the way through. There's usually a lot no of rest. And, yeah. So it's interesting because I think they're finding their way in how to do this. Um, it's like a weird growing pain. Like, very good matches. I really love the main event of uh, Utami versus Mayu. But, uh, yeah, it's an interesting thing to watch a, a, a company grow from, like, you know, uh, junior size to, to the big leagues in a way. I love, So I put on um, what I thought was the third show. Uh, yeah. It was actually the, the, the seventh show of the tournament. Yeah. That must have happened on the third. Okay. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I, um, I love the presentation. Yeah, like I, I, I liked the subtitle promos that they they had, uh, and I liked um, the way uh, the way they make the venue look. Yeah, um, it, it was a uh, like I'm I'm real excited, and I mean I haven't everything I've seen I've enjoyed. Nice, um, nice. So I'm I'm excited to like really dig in some more because I I became ravenous yeah. in a time when you had to like wait for it for all Japan women. Like it oh, was yeah. just such a revelation for me, you know, like, totally, totally. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it, all Japan women. I, I remember thinking it was everything I liked about new Japan juniors and everything I liked about all Japan main events. So, right. 
Um, it was super, super, super fun. So I'm just, I mean, I just love to learn um, about new wrestlers. Same. So did the tournament continue on that pay-per-view show or? Uh, no, the tournament is over at this point. Uh, it's so oh, hard. It? Okay. Yeah, it's kind of hard to like track the tournament because like I'll, I can send you the date that it began um, when I have a time to look through. But it's like weird because like, I mean, you know how New Japan does it. Like the tournament's right. happening. The tournament matches are all there. It's just block matches after block match after block match. Uh, for Stardom's tag tournament, it was kind of like night one happens, and then night two, maybe there are two tournament matches, and then a couple of random other ones, and maybe a singles title gets defended along the way. And then night three, maybe there are three ta- uh, tournament matches and whatever. Then night five will be like all tournament matches, and it's just like it's waves of what uh, they're presenting as part of the tournament. Sometimes there are right. matches that are just a tag match that is not part of the tournament. Isn't it's not the like, tournament. Yeah. It's like, it's weird and it's kind of hard to keep track of, uh, but I did enjoy that tournament a lot. And I think you will too. There was one of these that one of those on that show, actually. Yeah. Um, like the second match was a tag team match, but it wasn't for the, the tournament. Yeah. Um, I, I, I I don't know. Like, I'm just super excited. Like, yeah. I, I think, I mean, even on that game changer wrestling show, I might be an unreliable witness because um, I was just excited to see these wrestlers that I've heard about. Like, this was the first top 500 that I've gotten in a while, mm. uh, where I didn't know just about everybody. You know, didn't didn't know of just about everybody. Yeah, you know, totally. like in this one, like there was a lot of dudes working on dark and um, game changer guys and, and big indie guys that I didn't I hadn't seen yet. You know. Mm. Yeah, um, I, I'm also a big fan of like learning about different wrestlers, especially because like you never know—you might have a new favorite that winds up, you know, mm-hmm. being very successful. Um, I don't. I, yeah. Maybe I've shared this on here. I've probably shared on here like with the uh, former co-host, but like uh, the first indie show I ever saw, the first match was like Matt Riddle versus somebody else in like a cage, in like <laughs> an armory in Somerville, <laughs> and like I at the time, I mean, Riddle was probably like eight months into his career. I didn't think much of him, mm-hmm. but now to like see, I mean, other than the unfortunate parts, uh, to see where he mm-hmm. like wound up uh, before uh, Revelations came out, it's kind of yeah. crazy. Whoa. Yeah, I mean that's the only that's the one. Not to dig too much into it, but I will say that that's the one that seems like there's a little bit of, as far as I've seen, a little bit of. Uh, uh, untruth not untruth but a little bit of like i don't know like there was yeah. a history before that yes you know what i mean so like it casts um yeah and for better or worse i, I mean i always want to it's such a crazy thing to admit something like that like mm-hmm. i i just am gonna always assume that somebody's well, telling on. the truth because it's damning sorry my girlfriend used the blender for a second oh, what were you saying no no problem uh, I, I was just saying, like, I'm always going to believe the, the, I hate the word victim, but, you know, to admit that. You can go ahead. Uh, okay. To, to admit that is damning anyway, I, I think, to in this culture. But, like, that's the one where it seems to have the least steam behind it, as opposed to something that they're ignoring, like Velveteen Dream, that it seems like just the truth. And the, and the people in charge of the are like, nope. Right, yeah, yeah. One second. So, 
Yo, sorry. I, uh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's one where I'm like, I don't know what the truth is. So I'm just like, you know, I'll deal with it if they start really using him in a prominent way, like just the mental, you know, gymnastics of that. But like for now, he's basically jobbing on SmackDown. I'll, you know, I'll allow it. Which is its own. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, its own, uh, some reason my picture taking machine isn't taking pictures. I just want I just want something for the inter yeah, for the for Instagram the, phone. Just gotta do it for the grams. <laughs> there it is. Um, yeah, like I I don't like I, I try not to think about it because uh, there's so much to I, I guess unpack there, both socially and and the uh, cultural economics of wrestling that somebody can be over anywhere and then he's just like yeah. In the same space as Shorty G, who they right. never really gave any steam to, you know, I know like, right? Yeah, they're so, the guy I would want to see on the Indies. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. but uh, both both those dudes who were part of that uh, that tag team in NXT, that would be like it, super exciting. Yeah, I know. Too bad Jason Jordan's probably like retired effectively. Really, I didn't know that. Yeah, I think like he. I mean, he was out with, like, a neck injury of some kind, and then, like, months passed, and then, like, news kind of trickled out that he had, like, taken up a job backstage as, like, a producer or something like that. So I think uh, he, he's probably done, which is unfortunate, because, like, man, it, he was great. And also, we never got, like, much going on with him and Kurt Angle being his dad. Right. <laughs> it's sad that he didn't help his dad not get released. I know, right? <laughs> Get out of here, Dad. Yeah, I, but I, I um, uh, I'm super excited for Stardom, and it's it's yeah. uh, like uh, any other time in wrestling history, modern wrestling history. Yeah, that big outing of terrible behavior would have been the biggest thing. But I know. like, <laughs> it happened. It, it it was very easy, I think, for people to turn a blind eye because it happened on. I mean, New Japan came back and made a business model of how to do shows with people at it. And yeah. if you, you know, metaphorically those accusations happened while the lights were still out. And then when the lights went on, right. it was easy to, to kind of forget about it. You know, yeah. like, again, I, I'm, I mean, though he didn't physically do anything, it, it's and it's not like Chris Benoit levels, but I'm so torn up about Will Ospreay because I, Same. I, he sold me on him. I was just wasn't interested in him for a while. And then eventually over his new Japan run, I just got so, so invested and liked it so Same. much and, and, and thought he was state of the art. That said, it is encouraging to see some other state of the art. What I didn't think was state of the art was I watched uh, last week's um, AEW doc. Um, hmm. And that's a great commentary team. Uh, that might be one. Of, that could be one of my favorite commentary teams of all time, Taz and Excalibur. Okay, yeah, because I know yeah. for a little while I think it was ex- it, maybe a bunch of Tony and Veda Scott, but I think they like switched out for Excalibur. Yeah, and I'd heard, Taz yeah, I'd heard that recently. Yeah. By the um, way, I, I like the commentary of Dark. Uh, from what I've seen, I've always liked it better than what's going on on Dynamite. What I like. Uh, it, over the like, I only saw like a little thing of this, but like, there is at least one exchange where Excalibur delivers a fact 
that's yeah. bullshit and with the convincing thing that's like ridiculous and taz is like oh my god when did that happen <laughs> and he was like he's like that didn't happen like he was saying uh uh the in this opening match the newest gun son uh mm. was in a trios match with him and he's like so is this one in the gun is this one in the nightmare family too and he goes no actually uh on this date he joined um the dark order so thanksgiving is going to be outrageous and taz is like wait what when did that happen (laughs) (laughs) but like it's it's and like the fact that they just rag on each other so much is amazing Uh, i love um, that it's like a loose like fun you know they definitely have a rapport mm -hmm. with each other which is not what you get definitely not what you get in wwe but also uh a little you get it a little bit on dynamite but a lot less Mm-hmm. I'm I'm gonna give it some more chances because it's pretty accessible. Yeah. But nothing was great on the show, and I was kind of hoping that it was gonna be a little. Uh, it seemed to have more of a time constraint as opposed to less of a time constraint, right? Like, yeah. I, granted, you want to keep some things uniform, but like on a free show, you could have one match. You know, you yeah. don't have to have like like a good like a, a million matches. But there was a funny. Um, I was more impressed with the segments on this. Um, mm-hmm. um, her name just escaped me. The uh, the dentist, Britt Baker. Um, yeah, I saw Rick, the Britt Baker uh, had a her waiting room yeah. segments. That was fun, and I've always been a big Jack Evans fan, so it was cool for that. But um, Jake Roberts and Lance Archer did a promo that would have like killed it in front of people. Um, yeah. Uh, Lance Archer's just quoting Carl Jung, like it's <laughs> like just like you know he's like he's saying that the you know, and he did like the old he started with the you know he grabbed the mic and was just like one day death, uh, one day life asked death like why does everyone love me and hate you and death said because you're the beautiful lie and I'm the ugly truth and like I was just like you know and Jake Roberts was uh. Uh, you know, doing the as I walk beyond the valley of, of death and all that mm-hmm. other stuff, and all of it was just perfect. They were both amazing. It made me like I don't know. Like I, I, my biggest complaint as a as a on the side of AEW is that mm-hmm. you should be you could build your promotion off of Brody Lee or Lance Archer uh, with how good they are at, at on the stick and how good they are in the ring and how big they are. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. You know, like that's that's not a hard sell for somebody who's jumping from the other show or a laps wrestling fan to see, um, you know, one of those guys, even if they don't know him from their past yeah. their endeavors, like doing what they do. Yeah, um, I, I definitely think Archer, they kind of, I mean, I don't think anything's ever over completely for any wrestler no. until they retire. But like, I do think they miss the boat a little bit by like having him show up, uh, challenge Moxley for the AEW title. And then kind of just disappear into like the mid card. I think he won the TNT title at some point, but wasn't really like yeah. a memorable reign or anything. So he, yeah, he, I agree with you. He, he he could be a top guy, right? He came out I think in the pay per view if I remember, but he wasn't mm-hmm. like on the on the thing. But um, there was a couple matches I was super excited for. Um, one of which was um, uh, Marco Stunt versus uh, Joey Janela. I really I really enjoyed nice. Joey Janela. Same. Uh, he endeared me to him because he was wearing the Ryan Gosling uh, drive jacket for a while, and I and yeah. I and I do adore myself some Ryan Gosling and some drive. Me too. But um, 
and he had like a, a Kavinsky song for his theme music. Like I was, I was just all about everything. He nice. just had me. Um, and, and the litmus for me is like, I can love you like you on the Indies, but when you're awesome on PWG, um, then you're, you, then you're awesome in my yeah. opinion, you know? Um, but, uh, the match just wasn't that great. I, I, I felt like they didn't click and I was surprised. Mm. I thought it would be, I thought it'd be a different Janela match because yeah. why would you not, th- you know, like if you're a, basically a light heavyweight or, 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 or cruiserweight, even though, I mean, Janela is not very tall and he, he's not in shape, but he's not a big dude. No. You know, like you can be the undertaker against Marco Stun. Yeah. I know, and Janelle's a guy where it's like it's believable because he's willing to throw his entire body at you as like right. his first move of offense. All right. And I agree. He reminds me of a very young, uh, not much safer, but a very young Mick Foley. Like watching yeah. like this the stuff that Cactus Jack was doing in um, in Memphis and or USWA, and uh, when he first got to WCW, no one was paying him paying right. him any mind. Um, so yeah, the show just, you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't upset. I watched it cause it was like, uh, easy. Like it was, you know what yeah. I mean? Like it wasn't like, you know, I, I didn't miss a lot. If I got a text, I felt I had to respond to or whatever else. It wasn't like, <laughs> yeah. like new Japan, like, you know, and that's why I haven't kicked open stardom yet. I, I, I don't have the cut of its jib yet in new Japan, mm. uh, pre, uh, power struggle, I guess I, you know what I mean? If like, yeah. Like if I'm not watching it, I feel like I'm missing callbacks to old matches and all this other stuff. Like it's just such a, oh yeah, uh, you know, deep, deeply thought out thing. So I, I, um, I did like it. I'll give it another chance. I, I, I'm hoping to get cable in time for hockey next year if it happens. Like that's okay. I didn't, like I didn't pull the trigger because I wasn't super excited to, you know, watch any of these crazy bubble things. Yeah. You know. But um, that's the only sport that I continually have any. Uh, I, yeah. I like. Uh, I became a Patriots fan right before the season that the whole Tom Brady thing happened, like when he came off like the sidelines. Right. Um, and I almost feel like I I would be willing to bet that after the pandemic, like I feel like I've I've seen that whole story now. You know what I mean? Like Same, I don't know yeah. that I'm going to be super excited. I haven't been it. amped for football for years. I, I follow basketball. And I, I won't have cable. I, mean, I, I was watching AW through Sling, um, and then I unsubscribed for the month. I'm going to sign back up when basketball season starts, yeah. uh, which might be, they said like a couple days before Christmas, which sounds insane to me. But if it's the case, then I'll sign up again then, and I'll watch AW at that time. But like until then, uh, I'm saving my money, not watching AEW. Um, so we'll see how. I'll, I'll probably yeah. have to. I'll probably have to steal a dynam- the dynamite that they have. Um, Moxley versus Omega scheduled. I'll probably steal that. To be honest, right? Um, no, you know, but yeah, it's, that's not technically stealing because they're giving it away for free. Totally, yeah. So yeah, you know, like you might be that might be like, uh, you know, you might be being just like I was with GCW, the guy that like uh, takes takes an extra carrot stick off the table. Uh, yeah, exactly. the is maybe you only should take one. Yeah. But, um, I, I think that um, I'm like a, I'm like a metaphor machine, a bad metaphor machine. <laughs> I can't stop myself. Um, uh, but like, yeah, I mean, I like that whole roster. I, I do hope uh, like we talked about last week or the week before that these indie federations realize that they have the opportunity and 
money together. And, and I guess none of them are indies technically, but right. uh, it, you know, I'm talking about TNA and even MLW, New J- the J- Japanese leagues. You know, New Japan might be the one who is least likely to do it unless they're driving the the, the ship. Um, but like, I think that I don't know. Like, I think that if again, if you could get a world champion, one of the great wrestlers of now, or put on Jericho. Yeah. You know, you know, Jericho could do something with any possible thing and, and, you know, used to a lot of different styles or, or, you know, if you could get somebody that's a big WWE wrestler, that's not technically signed to WWE. Right. But I mean, G- Kenny Omega and Okada are almost in the same way that of Triple H, like when they're not champions, like mm. I feel like the gimmick is a little like a little less. Like yes. I feel like a part of Okada's gimmick is being champion. Same as yeah. Flair. Um, you know, so you've got guys you can do it now from any way you want to take it. It's just a matter of you should do it. And I feel like every roster in wrestling, with the exception of like the E that has a ton of people that they're not using, yeah. isn't very deep right now. Like I think the pandemic proved that. Like right. uh, the heavyweight division of New Japan of their top 12 guys yeah. is beyond reproach. And if you have, um, geez, I forgot his name again, Pimp Juice in there for a night off for people. Uh, yeah, right. Like, Urubu, um, yeah, 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 that's fine. You know, but like, you know, not the argument would have been, I don't know who would have been that other person you would have put in it otherwise. Yeah, you know what exactly, I mean? Like, I yeah. like everybody was, was spoken for. There wasn't like anyone left. So even them, that's the deepest. I mean, um, Best of the Super Juniors you've been keeping up on, but I realized something about it mm-hmm. that I've never realized before. Um, okay. And it's because Ligar and Tiger Mask were still so far away from everybody. Mm-hmm. So I won't call the current New Japan Juniors old. Yeah. But I will say that there is some young guys, but for the most part, that's what I would call a middle-aged division. Yeah, I, I would you agree know? with you. Like... like uh, Desperado's uh, not a spring chicken. Yeah. You know? Like uh But I mean if you look all the way up and down there, there's just not like there are very few matches and the matches that are there are show mm-hmm. and um Robbie Eagles. Like, you know, those are the matches that I'm super excited about because those are what I expect from junior wrestling. Yeah. Know? It's interesting. Um yeah, I think uh I mean Taguchi's in there, he can go, but he's uh, definitely an older guy uh, yeah. more of a comedy thing or it's like 50 50. Sometimes you get a comedy thing. Sometimes you get like solid technical wrestling. It, sometimes it changes from minute to minute with him. Uh, right. But like, yeah, it's definitely an aging group. And I think part of the problem is that they've kept it so small for so long and just brought in like CMLL guys or whatever as needed that mm-hmm. like, they've never like, they've never really got to a point where, the torch was ever fully passed from Liger yeah. and Tiger Mask until now. And now you got like Hiromu, you know, being out for a year and a half or whatever it was. And like, got to, and then like Osprey leaving for the heavyweight division, mm-hmm. same with Shingo. So it's kind of like a weird, we're in a weird place with the juniors, which is too bad. I think it's a solid tournament from the couple shows I've watched. Uh, it's enjoyable, but it's definitely like feeling like I've seen a lot of these matches before for years already. And it's, you're right. It's well, the, the Watos and the 
the shows and um, right. Yeah, and Watto is, you know, like uh, for junior excursion guys, I think Rapongi advice is advice is the best. Rapongi advice, yeah. dear Rapongi advice. <laughs> 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 I think my wife likes another man. Yeah, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think that there. I mean, I don't know. Like he's not in it, but Rocky Romero, like That's like true. even the even the. Gaijin guys, for the most part, now that Will Ospreay left, mm. are not in. And El Fantasma is not back. Just aren't aren't that sort of thing, you know. Well, I love Rocky Romero, and I think he can still go, but he, he's a he's a lot. Um, you like some of those other guys that sometimes he just can't. Like I thought, uh, Funky Weapon Desperado could have stole the show. Yeah, and it was just not good. Like it was awkward and weird, and and looked like. Uh, young people wrestling I, I didn't i didn't care for it at all and i mean yeah. ishimori is not i mean i was uh the highlight of my week in like 2000 or something was ishimori responded to my friend request <laughs> on facebook when i was um uh really heavy into getting noah tapes at yeah, the time that's funny <laughs> um, you know like and and uh you know, that was 2000 or so, or, you know, before 2005, that's for sure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, but in the late, early two, like, you know, early 2000 or late, um, I mean, he was involved in Tory man before that became Dragon Gate. And I'm, yeah. I'm not positive when Dragon Gate started, but I, I, Tory man was definitely a nineties thing. So, um, you know, he's not, a, he looks great and he still hasn't lost a step, but he's also, He's also like you know, late thirties, I think. Right. At this point. Yeah. I mean, it, it, his benefit and this is going to happen for show and yo, I think is that he was like, you know, a young kid on those big stadium Noah shows. Like he was like 18 to 19. Yeah. Uh, so, but I mean, he still, he looks better than ever. Like let's yeah. forget about like, great, but like, you know, and Kenta is Kenta. And even though he's a heavyweight actually, now that I think about it, but like, it's just crazy. You have there's no one for Hiromo. In, That's the problem. Thing to 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 wrestle. Yeah, you know? like it's Hiromo is the perfect. Per- no, yeah, go ahead, sorry. do it. No, Hiromo yeah. is the perfect person for I- Ishimori. Yeah, because that's what Ishimori needs is somebody who's just a little bit like Ishimori can't do four steps, but he can still do three. Yep. Uh, but uh, you know, Hiromo can do do five instead of four yeah you know so like he's he's he like covers up for any you know that was one of the best junior matches in that baseball stadium show i've seen in a while it was great and uh i'm excited for it. that's the i so i thought i'd get in and i i'm so sorry i'm like uh i'm so sorry that i didn't stay i'm like well i'll just go back and watch <laughs> like this was later in the tournament than i thought so I'll, I'll log in and watch later um and then i'm like oh shit survivor series and then I'm like, yeah. oh, well, maybe I can finish these last three matches of this show I've been watching for a week before <laughs> um, before we start, like, going. Yeah. And, like, I'm like, oh, man, like, Desperado match. I was like, what the hell? I love both these guys. And this is just cruddy. Yeah. And then I'm sitting there, and uh, the Gorillas of Destiny music starts. Yeah. And then uh, – Fin juice music starts, and I was just like, I don't think I can watch this. <laughs> like I, I, I did. I watched three quarters of it, and then it became 
noon, but the whole time I was just thinking like, it's okay to have one of these matches on the card. And it's always been that way back in the day. And while this is probably better than like the Jurassic express in the nineties and, and the power warriors, maybe uh, when it was the uh, Kansuki Kasaki and Hawk, but um, man, like this is not even like a good. Yeah. I love, they might be giants. They're one of my favorite bands, mm-hmm. right? I love okay. them. I love iron Maiden. They are a band I've grown up loving. Yeah. I don't go to the I Maiden show for They Might Be Giant songs. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah, know? So, right. like, like, like I, I, and I feel like I'm just getting, I mean, I, I watched once over the course of a week, 25 hours of Memphis wrestling. Mm-hmm. Like, somebody posted, a, posted one of those Death Valley Driver compilations that they make for themselves yep. up, on, up on something, and I knew it wasn't going to be there forever. And I was just, you know, it started at the Tupelo stand brawl and went right up and had all this stuff that I've always wanted to see and, and Andy Kaufman. And I just watched it all the way through and loved it. But that's not why, you know, I, I don't, uh, when I went and, you know, when I went and saw Dream Theater, I didn't, I wouldn't have wanted to see him play like the Ramones. And I right. feel like I'm yeah. getting too much stuff that isn't why I love New Japan. And part of it's not their fault. I would say this junior tournament is not their fault, but like yeah. they've never had a good tag tournament. In, no, in the yeah. time since in the Okada era. Yeah. Um, so it's I don't al- know, man. It's always a December after hot thought for them. So it's, uh, I yeah, mean, it's now it's a, a month early. Everybody. Yeah. yeah. So but at the same time, like why? Like yeah. now there's a reason for it to be that way. Cause people have to have the biggest show of the year, mm-hmm. but like bring people in. Yeah. Give, 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 give 60% of it to CMML guys, or maybe somebody from another fed, like, you think that the top guy in big Japan pro wrestling or DDT will mind if, or, or the people that run DDT yeah. will remind if they are, are one and oh on, you know, yeah. like a, a, a for, or, or like one in 12 or whatever it would be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, no, they wouldn't. Cause that's would be new expansion and everybody on those rosters are, looking at Kota Ibushi and, th- and wanting to be them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hashimoto's son still being on the indies and in, in DDT, like that's natural, you know, that's a legacy person and, and they love that stuff. Like uh, you have access to different people. I know. And they're not used. I mean, Daisuke Sakamoto and Abdul to Kobayashi, like you couldn't have fun wild yeah. brawls with like those guys and, and, and still have a good match with, um, Shingo and uh, who's Shingo teaming with um, Sonata? Um, like you know, like the, there's uh, there's guys out there, so you can't have all the CMML guys in the in the either one of those tournaments. But like, right? There's stuff there's stuff you can do, but like the thing that bothers me about modern New Japan is that right down to the T-shirt thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like the uh, like the house show T-shirt thing. Like, yeah, everyone is so resi- resigned. Yeah, I agree. To have an, a, a bad mat, like you know what I mean, like that that the good shows, and it happens to me. Yeah. When when Phantasma Mania starts, like I will be forget about all of this stuff because it happened. It's happened the last couple of years. I'll I'll and I'll get re pissed off about you know Jay White shenanigans like. Uh, right. or, or Yano or all the stuff that I, that, that isn't my bag, you know, right. I remember when fucking Yano was an opening match heavyweight who got disqualified like 90 times in a row because he'd 
always hit people with his sandals. Right. Like, <laughs> or throw, he had a bucket of salt. Like, he was the most regressive uh, Japanese character in, like, the early 2000s, late 90s Japan. But, like, now he's, like, a, a fixture. And if one match yeah. is going to be Yano, great. And I know Yano can go, though he doesn't. You know what yeah. I mean? And I'm not even that crazy about Naido. You know, like, I, I like I like he, his personality. Yeah, his reign has been real disappointing. And it's not sure. all COVID's fault. And it's not all, you know, the rematches, like, with Evil's fault, necessarily. You know? Doesn't help, though. Yeah, no, it's not the, helping. Those at all. two have zero chemistry. It's crazy, yeah. I, I, don't, I didn't think they match. A lot of people like they match the G one in two thousand seventeen, I think, but I didn't I didn't yeah. care too much about it at all. Like I thought it was fine. Yeah, same. So yeah, it's 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 wacky that, you know, like I, I just it's and it's must be a cultural thing, right? Like I, I right. just watched the whole thing about the Japanese Spider Man. Oh show. yeah, the on Disney Plus. I haven't watched yeah, yeah, it yet, yeah. but I saw that they had that on there. It's good, and, and the, the I watched the second one too about the women in comics, and I like some of it, but there's definitely like a how can I word this diplomatically? I don't like there's a there's one particular creator who is kind of talking about stuff like I think she was kind of quoted out of context. Mm-hmm. I think she was talking about manga being a certain way, but she was saying like there aren't any necessarily like strong women in like comics or or anything like that, and I'm like. Uh, while I would agree that they're hard to sell, they're some of my favorite comic characters are women. So I'm, I'm not, Same. I wasn't sure what she was talking about, but she was also talking about manga before that. So I think she might've got, you know, taken. So it's a great episode, but that one yeah. thing I was just like, cause I was watching it with my ex and she was like, Oh, I didn't, I didn't actually know that. I'm like, well, cause that's, I don't, I don't think that's true. Like if you look at my, <laughs> if you look at my action figure shelf, like there are definitely more, you know, rubber, ding dongs up there than their rubber girl parts but like the reality is that that's you know because it's still a male dominated sales thing so yeah you know but i mean i i mean i have five different spider womans i have three different x23 mm-hmm. <laughs> like things yep. like i i you know i got my my she hulk bobblehead nice. yeah i i have a i have a couple of awesome she hulks like i i really enjoy uh I have super obscure ones. Like there's a Spider-Man ca- uh, villain from the early eighties called white rabbit that I, I, I was nice. really into like, yeah. Uh, but it, at the same time, like I, I felt like there definitely were people, you know, and, and mm. there definitely were characters. There was nothing as important as the Miss Marvel thing, but um, sure. you know, like I, I think that it was just like, I, I, I she's a good creator and, and a smart lady. And I don't think that Marvel would have even left it in. <laughs> if she yeah. was, if there was the implication that she was saying that she didn't like, um, uh, she didn't think comics had any inclusion before, um, and they tried. They it, it was never comics that didn't have inclusion, mm. yeah. uh, and, and it was um, comic fans that didn't want it. Like right. they always try. Yeah, it's kind of like what we were talking about. Like as we came on the air, like fans are crazy. Yeah. Like they'll they'll think that like giving a like some and uh, a non-white male character, some space, you know, mm-hmm. is taking away from some other character that they love. When it's just like, right. no, there's just another book out there. Yeah, right. this one's a Muslim teen who stretches a bunch or something like that. Yeah, and I and I have to be honest, like I bought a year of that. It didn't it didn't connect with me, but I was also had to be honest with myself. Like at the end of the day, it's not for me. Yeah, 
you know what I mean? Like, it, like, uh, like, uh, I, I'm not gonna like the Kebez movie because it's not for me. It's for <laughs> right. for someone else. It's, it's not for me. Bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, uh, I had a great conversation once with creator Alex DeCampi, mm-hmm. um, and she was saying that you know I, I'm not a, and I quote, I'm not a boring motherfucker, so I can write Grindhouse in My Little Pony, but like I also understand that the people who like my Grindhouse aren't gonna like my little pony i'm, I'm writing right. for two different audiences things don't have to be for everybody exactly so but uh, long long story long there is a cultural thing there that mm. allows them to do uh that it's accepted because you got to think if that was an american federation if ring of honor mm. right had final battle and then january february march uh was a bunch of multi-man matches that were mediocre. <laughs> yeah. Like those, like that maybe two years that would work. Cause people would see the second year if it was going to be that way again. Yeah. But like by that third year, I don't pissed. care if you sell out the Hammerstein, uh, no one's going to go like, nobody's yeah. going to sell out money for that. So I, I really don't understand that. You know, we've talked about it twice on the show and it's baffling to both of us, that mm. methodology on either end of it, why people go. Yeah or why people um, yeah i think why people go the t- the it might just be that i don't know what the ticket prices are like but i feel like they must be lower like around you know end of the year in between big shows like if i was just visiting japan in december i'd fucking go to a world tag league show yeah, um, sure. i wouldn't expect I much I out of it but mm-hmm. like i wouldn't you know wouldn't turn it down um but, like, but here's my question okay. now. Here's the thing that's weird about it. Right. Would you go to a world tag? And it's something that I've been talking about that I'm going to take a little more time of you in the show that I, I want people to check out. Yeah. Uh, if there was a good show going on, if there was a world, it, I, I'm, this is just works logistically, right? It wouldn't. Okay. If there was a world tag league show going on in the dome right now, right? Yeah. Okay. And you were able to go see New Japan in the dome and it was world tag league we both agreed that we would go see it. Right. Yeah. But would you go see that if there was a really good stardom or dragon gate show happening in Kirkham? Oh, probably not. No. Right. So, yeah. but that's happening. Like, yeah. That happens all the time. That's a good like, point. I don't know. You know. Like all Japan will be running, you know, like uh, at the same time near them. Coincidentally, it's not like a competitive thing. And, you know, we'll have like eight multi-man matches that, you know, are, are mostly just out of the ring smaws is, you know, and they'll be doing Zeus uh, versus uh, 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 Akiyama on top. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, just, but people will still go to New Japan yeah. show. So yeah. uh, I, I know there's also, again, culturally though, that we don't get this brand loyalty that isn't, mm. isn't like it is here. I, I think in, in Western wrestling fans are, um, wrestling fans. I think yeah. maybe Japanese wrestling fans are. Yeah, maybe New they Japan just fans are. Yeah, or I mean, New Japan's just the biggest, so maybe it's just like a an awareness thing, you know. And it's always been too, like, uh, like even in the '90s when all Japan was firing at all cylinders, it was still not. It's still a little bit behind. Like, uh, so yeah. I'm reading an awesome book that if you haven't read it, I want to recommend to you and our listeners. It's okay. called Eggshells. Or I'm listening to it's Chris Chowton's book. I have it. It's on my Kindle. I'm like reading I have like a Goodreads like number of books read goal that I'm mm-hmm. trying to meet. So I'm just reading graphic novels because they go right. quickly. 
But sure. like next year, probably going to read Eggshells when I get a chance. But yes, I have it. It is awesome. Uh, I, I actually recommend, I, I have it on Kindle as well. And I'm going to get, uh, I have a nerdy wrestling collection. A lot of my wrestling books and biographies or whatever are like, like real history books. Like I have a very yeah. analytical history of the NWA oh, and nice. I have um, record books yeah. of like Jim Crockett promotions for like uh, three books over 30 years that are literally like this dude I've never heard of fought this dude I've never heard of and this dude won <laughs> next day. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, and, I'm just, and I like read it like it's a book. Um, but uh, I'm listening to it. And while the narrator isn't great, I would have preferred it was Mr. Charlton. Yeah. Um, there's just some fascinating stuff that I didn't know. Um, a couple of years ago, I got all those S SWS. I think the feds called it was uh, uh, one of the things that Tenru started before war. Mm, yeah. um, but you know, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get it. Like I didn't understand what it was. Yeah. Um, it was not very good, but like for, for my eyes, but now I'm fascinated of how that even happened. Like, yeah. And it's basically what happened. You've read it a little. It's what happened at the dome mm -hmm. first show, the results, and then everything that led up to it and any significant, like, uh, like if, if they made it, the amendment of this will have a bunch of stuff about COVID, you yeah. know, like, so, you know, what's going on. So it's a really great book, but even reading that, like, there's not like a, there's not a justification again of yeah. either. I one of the things I was literally hoping is please like culturally, they need a break after the G one and wrestle. Like yeah. what? Like, you know what I mean? Like, but then why do they go? You know what I mean? Like, right. I, I don't like, so I was hoping for some sort of ceremonial cultural thing explained in that book. I haven't got it yet. I'm three yeah. quarters through. Yeah, but uh, I I recommend it incredibly. I, nice. I meant to mention it last week, but yeah, um, it's taken up a lot of my wrestling watching just listening to that book. Hey. Um, yeah, but yeah, like I I I don't think you'll be disappointed. Cool. Um, I'll probably get it in a third form just because I wow. you know I, I like to have it on my on my shelf. Like and I really like Chris Charlton. I I really I think do too. He's one of my favorite things about that commentary booth. One he's so knowledgeable and it's like nice to have his voice like come in and he's, he doesn't overstay his welcome. He'll just no. give you whatever relevant fact that will enhance whatever Kevin Kelly's trying to tell you. And then he kind of ducks out for a while and it's not like, it's not like three guys yelling at each other. Right. It's very, the new Japan does a good job with this English commentary for sure. I agree. And Kevin Kelly's a prince because he's doing <laughs> yeah. gorilla monsoon now. And he's been doing uh, Don Arcillo or, or any great sports, Johnny Most or any great sports cast are giving you the sports stories the rest yeah. of the time, you know, right. but now he's having fun with Gino during this thing. So, um, yeah. and I don't mind Gino either occasionally. Yeah. I like Gino. Like, I feel like Kevin Kelly is just like strong enough that you like, he knows how to find his rhythm with everybody they put him with. And it's yeah. crazy because they put him in with like anybody. Um, I think the one time that it was bad was like when they had Lanny Poffo for like one match or one. Yeah. Show. I keep meaning to go back and watch that. Yeah. And I knew that was, so if you look up Lanny Poffo yeah. and Don Morocco commentary, mm -hmm. there was a Texas show where they gave Lanny Poffo, Don Morocco, and I forget her name, but the female ring announcer they had in the late eighties, early nineties, mm -hmm. Joe something, a shot at being a commentary team. 
Yeah. And it is unbelievable. Like it is the like you would it would be like like Don Morocco reminded me of like Giant Baba on commentary. Mm-hmm. Occasionally he would make a guttural noise. Yeah. Or say, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like it was just really bad. And and this poor com this poor ring announcer who's not oh. a broadcaster in that way, I don't think, is trying to like keep it together and like, you know, and Lanny Poffo's just not great or which you need and he's got a voice for it so you yeah. think he would be but yeah it's crazy it's it, it, it was really 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 bad i missed that baba commentary i miss watching it and having to be like baba 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 and then <laughs> yeah right <laughs> <laughs> totally Ugh. yeah so yeah, yeah. this, this uh-huh. was a this was a, a fun week with not a lot of uh a lot of not a lot of variety but uh yeah you know, a lot of major shows but we like both got like our jollies in with like some good shows um yeah you were able to recommend the Chris Charlton book. Um, mm-hmm. I will just want to recommend that uh, Gaia or Gaiaism, uh, G-A-E-A-I-S-M has a really good YouTube page that I found. Um, really? Some Joshi stuff, like going back to, I think they were found in 1995. And they've just got mm-hmm. a lot of notable matches, videos about notable feuds, some like recent-ish stuff uh, uploaded. That's like just a good like repository of Joshi stuff. Uh, nice. I watched... Um, I watched a fucking fantastic match with a super like baby young Mako Satomura versus uh, Akira uh, who uh, goddamn Hokkaido. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah. Um, just like she's awesome. Yeah, she's great. She's one of the best. And it was like probably it's interesting to watch because like she can still go, uh, but this match was from about a year before she retired. So it was like just as Mako Satomura was starting to hit her stride. And she's like, and Akira's kind of on her way out. So it's like a perfect match of like just these two hard hitting women having a great like 20 minute match that I watched. Like, I watched most of it twice actually, kept rewinding it just to be nice. like, like, did I just see what I just saw? So yeah, recommend that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. What a, it's been a good I, week, man. I think we should wind I, it down here. I agree. I agree. I, I'll check. Though I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, I didn't know, uh, your, 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 uh, your, uh, Film fandom and um, uh, graphic novel reading uh, has has led me to want to have some off the air conversations. Oh, yeah, totally, man. <laughs> so let's uh, let's uh, as uh, my granddad said for no apparent reason, let's shuffle off to Buffalo. All right, All right man. Uh, thanks for listening up to the Wrestle Down. Uh, you can find me on Twitter uh, at Swing Dingling. Uh, Mars has his page on Facebook at Dynamo Mars, and we have Instagram pages for a uh, Wrestle Down podcast. And you can email us at WrestleDownForLife at gmail.com if you want to uh, want us to talk about anything in specific or have any comments. Yeah, that, would, that would be great. We'd love to hear from you. And uh, uh, I'm a, uh, I've got some good feedback from some, uh, some of uh, um, you would think, even me and you as a witness, right, that um, yeah. there would be more crossover of some of the more like um, – uh, genre specific things I do, but like I, I have got some uh, some good feedback uh, from um, from people who listen. So uh, awesome, they like us. Nice, I'm glad. It's always good to hear. So. All right, have a good week, everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>